With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to This Full Life, a platform dedicated to inspirational conversation, courageous individuals, and my desire to learn more about the world I live in. I'm Tara Davis. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to a woman who, to me, it seems like has already lived a gazillion lives in this one lifetime. I met Danny uh, at our yoga studio in Santa Barbara, California, and we knew each other through a mutual instructor and took classes together. Um, Maybe we would see each other about once a week. And then I left the country and lived in Central and South America for a while and then came back in the country and I live right outside of Boulder, Colorado. And lo and behold, Danny has now expanded her business and also has a second studio outside of Boulder, Colorado as well. So let me tell you a little bit about Danny. Danny Neifert was born on the Navajo Reservation in Monument Valley, Utah, where she spent a large part of her childhood. True to being a former whitewater river guide, she believes that life is an endless changing river of adventure. And the best way to understand something is to jump in and get dirty. Over the years, she has immersed herself in several communities, including the Society of Friends, Quakers, the youth the Right Use of Will Movement, the Garja commune, commune, as well as studying with Michaela Boehm from 2008 until present. Danny is a holistic solo entrepreneur at Skin Harmonics. She is a mother to two grown children, ages 24 and 27, and has extensive experience in sustainable home building, elder care, gardening, nutrition, death and grief, yoga, chocolate eating, bubble baths, and off-the-grid living. Danny, welcome to the podcast today. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> How does that feel to hear all of that read back about you? Oh, it's, it's you know, that was the short, short, short version, actually. We had to, I had to get help to cut some stuff out. So you left stuff out. So there's stuff that we don't know about you. Well, always, you know, I mean, <laughs> we all, we all have to keep some bit of mystery to ourselves. <laughs> so let's start with, um, you were born on a reservation. What is your earliest memory of that? Wow. Um, I have so many memories, so many memories. And it's very colorful there. I can remember well, being at powwows and everything from the knee down. <laughs> so right. like the bells and the colors and the sounds of the drums. I mean, and that would be more of a stereotypical, you know, memory that most people can understand, but the light out there is so incredible and just the wild landscape. I mean, we were turned loose to run and, and, you know, fall in the creeks and, down the canyons and so I have a lot of um yeah rolling in dirt and mud <laughs> memories <laughs> right and what a great basis were your child were your um parents Navajo no my parents were both educators and my dad who was actually his father my grandfather whom I live with for later for 10 years actually that's down the line but my grandfather um his child my dad 
was very closely associated with the Indian Reservation in Pine Ridge. My dad graduated from that high school because my grandfather taught on the Indian Reservation and so did my father. But my father came out west, came further west and found himself in Monument Valley. And my mom had left Kentucky, whom she was the first family member to ever leave the state of Kentucky and try to make a living. And so they were the only white 20-year-olds there. And so naturally they they came <laughs> they came together. They have a great love story. I mean, they're not together now in that way, but yeah, so that mm. was why I was born there. And then I had an older brother who was also born there. And I spent a large chunk of my childhood there. And then we moved off um, about midway through to the Aztec Durango Farmington area. And that was, a, wow. that was a hard transition for sure. So my whole childhood was not, was not there, but a big mm. chunk of it was Mm. And at what point did you leave and start out on your own? Well, um, I had kind of a a rough, um, some rough teenage years, like I think a lot of kids have. And I um, got into some heavy drinking (laughs) the way a lot of, of, you know, a lot of kids did. And I, ha- I got a serious wake-up call. I got a mm-hmm. serious wake-up call. And I ended up, you know, I had a teen pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And that really put, it was a call for me to really get my stuff together. And there's some other things that happened in there too. But the short story is that I ended up rising to this challenge and meeting it. And I was married for eight years. And I kept my daughter. And I went on to have another child as well. But I divorced at about 25 um, with these two kids and the children, my beautiful children, they went back and forth between obviously the way what divorce does between both of us. And, and, you know, there's stuff in between too. My brother died. That was the other big thing that was, was the real um, catalyst for my life. My brother was hit by lightning and killed and we were extremely close, like very, very, very close. And that was a huge catalyst for me to um, change my life in a way that Mm. felt more true to who I was. So that was a, that was a really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm 45 now and I had divorced. I I was 22 when my brother died and then 25 when I divorced, it was just such a massive catalyst for me to take ownership of who I really was. And so, and I had, that was a really, um, really difficult, like agonizing, like dark, dark few years. And it's hard to grieve when you have small children and, Mm -hmm. Um, it was a really difficult time yet I found my way through it and I had the support. I moved into an artist community and it was actually, it was a Gurdjieff school. <laughs> I don't want to say too much about the, these beautiful people because I know that they're it's somewhat, it, they're you know somewhat controversial and they're still together, but it's, it's a functioning community, community. Mm-hmm. So I moved in mm-hmm. with about 30 people for about a year and got a lot of support from them. And then I, I left, I left about a year in afterwards and I ended up taking care of my grandfather. So my grandfather, whom I'm really close to and is my namesake, I'm named after my father and my grandfather mm-hmm. and my grandfather's grandfather. And <laughs> he was 95 at the time and still in really good health. And so we, he moved in with me and we, and we actually, we moved from Albuquerque to Colorado and I ended up taking care of him for almost 10 years until he, until he passed at home. And at that point we had, I was living in Taos, New Mexico and he, you know, passed at home beautifully, incredible man. He gave his entire life in service to the native American population and was deeply loved and, and revered. And he passed at home at 104. 
And wow. that, that was the end of a big caretaking cycle for me. And, you know, my children were underfoot the entire time. Mm-hmm. And, and then at some point I just kind of hit burnout. I start, I opened up my business in Taos, the skin sanctuary of Taos. And at some point, like when my, you know, Dan passed, my oldest had left for college and then my youngest had left, I was leaving too. And I hit just utter burnout and I decided to leave. So I left, I broke even between my house and my business and I moved to Santa Barbara. This is about eight or nine years ago and slept on a mattress with like four or five other women in Carpinteria and started over from ground zero, nothing. And I, I did place myself there because of a mentor, Michaela Boehm. She's becoming a lot more well-known. You can check out her website. She mm-hmm. does feminine embodiment. And it's just a really gorgeous, wonderful, rowdy bunch of women there that I wanted to be closer to. And so that's what I did. And now I'm trying to work my way back to Colorado because my father is still alive. He's 82. My mother's in Albuquerque and I am the only child now since my brother has passed. And I want to put myself in closer proximity and I will have to, you know, be their person as to help them transition eventually. Mm. And I just, I love Colorado and I have community here too. I have another mentor that lives here in Boulder with that I've want to place myself near a woman who teaches yoga in a, the most extraordinary way. So that's how I ended up to be here. But I know that we're here to talk about this interesting, <laughs> amazing, interesting person <laughs> that I would never have imagined ever. You know, you just cannot ever you cannot imagine what the world has in store for you. And you really have no idea how love is going to show up in your life. And of course we're speaking of this mutual friend that we started this conversation to, because this would, this is an, this is a good piece to unpack for sure. You know, it is. And before we even get to that piece, I also want to talk about, your marriage and so you were married for eight years to a man that you had these children with and then Mm -hmm. you were single for the longest time then you moved no I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I was single I I I dated a lot I've had like massive adventures with love and with all sorts of you know I've been really blessed to know a lot of really interesting men and so Absolutely. I, I've, I mean, I've been, I've definitely spent periods of my life single, but there's been, um, I would never say, I would never say that I was, I was a single pilgrim after my divorce. <laughs> well, that, you know, and that's even better because you have so much experience then. All of a sudden you found yourself attracted to a woman. Tell us about that. Like if I am so Incredibly yeah. interested to hear how that even well, came about for you. Yeah, it was it was it was really crazy. So you know, me we would go to yoga and then we would go to Whole Foods because it was right next door, and I would see Evelyn across the tables, and we would she'd be studying and I'd be eating and answering emails, and we just kept falling into conversation with each other. I mean, without I mean, there were days where we wouldn't even really talk and then it was like well it'd be rude if I didn't say hi because I just saw her in yoga class so I guess I have to say hi but over a period of weeks and months we just kept falling into conversation and I felt like it was built you know we were absolutely building a friendship I mean at that point I would never have thought or dreamt that I would ever have been would ever date her that wasn't even on the table for me right and Yeah, but what started happening, the interesting thing that started happening was that my body kept responding to her. It was like my head didn't know, but my body would like sway. And, you know, like that thing would happen that we women do when we get around a gorgeous man. Like like our body kind of lights up, it sways, it moves, you know, and I was like, what is that? And I thought, oh, I'm just appreciating her as a person 
you know, she is a fabulous person, but I just never, I was like, oh, that's, I, I just wrote it off as that, you know, and I was like at the tail, I was at the end of like a bad breakup and, and I mean, it had been over for months, we'd been separated, but it was just like, you know, I just did never really think that that was ever really a possibility. And I, as I got to know her more and more, I did discover like, whoa, like this is not a woman. And, and for people who are paying attention to what's be underneath the surface with people, like there's a whole other different reality often, sometimes. Like I'm a simple person. I'm a woman on the outside and I'm a woman on the inside. So I'm somebody that we would call cisgendered. There's a tech, technical term for, for us now. And so, but I would say <laughs> I giggle because Evelyn, there's so many think, terms. Yeah. I, I would say something in the beginning, I would say something to her and would, ex- and think that it would, I would expect to have it echoed back to me in a resonating way from a woman. And it wouldn't come back to me that way. It's like, she would just, and then she would, she would send it back in a way that wasn't, it just kind of confused my system. It's like, right. it, it just wasn't normal. It just like, wasn't, wasn't really, I was relating her to her as another woman and it really didn't work. It, so she, she was never, responding to you. Right. Because she is, you know, and, and what I came to understand about her is that she is a straight man in this gorgeous female form. That's her, that's the way that she came in. Mm-hmm. And, and even then once I got, okay, she likes chicks. Like I still didn't think I would date her. You know, right. Just cause, right. I mean, I don't know, but no, and guess- I think that's completely something to express because as women and as we, I don't want to say grow older, but as we age, into our bodies. <laughs> How's that? Uh-huh. Um, we are more and more willing to dive deeper into the possibilities that we may not have ever even thought were there before. I think we become so much more in tuned with our bodies, welcoming to whatever comes mm-hmm. up, and are more willing to explore potential areas that we would have never even opened up to before. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think I I don't know if I would have recognized her or like my ego or like how I thought, you know, the night and you know how the night of would show up in your life and like I don't think I think my ego would have gotten in the way. I know mm. it would have and I wouldn't have been able to recognize recognize her and but, you know, time just took over, and she's so skilled in her um, <laughs> um, her seduction. <laughs> I guess I have a strong word. But she courted awesome. me the way, the way a real man, I mean, over time, over time, gentle. You know, what's interesting about Evelyn is she knows, she being born in a female body, she, she knows how women can be perceived and stalked and you know, approached and how it doesn't really work, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? So she's very sensitive and very respectful and has a ton of humor. And just over a period of maybe less than a year, I just found myself like, oh my God, like, I think I want to kiss you. And I think I blurted that out, like not even really (laughs) knowing, like, Oh my, like, what the hell? Like, I, this is really weird. And I just blurted it out. And then I was like, I'm going to go now. Like, this is like, I just need, I'm, maybe I'm ovulating. Like the, what's the <laughs> what is the moon doing right now? Like, I just, I'm having maybe just a mental breakdown. Like, you know, like I'm just maybe just not stable right now in a certain way. And I'm just going to get out of here. So I like, got away from her and she was like no me too like I'm you know she was expressing that you know she was available too but I just laughed I just laughed and mm-hmm. you know this led to that and that led to the other and anyways it 
I just couldn't resist her. (laughs) The quality of her, the quality of her masculine attention and energy is just so high that I just couldn't, I just could not resist. And I haven't looked back. I I mean, I was really uncomfortable telling people for months and she was really patient with me. I bumped into a lot of issues that I've had with my family. It's not all my family, some family, mostly it was my ego. (laughs) Well, and that's what I was going to ask. How were you, how was it for you to switch gears almost? And now you're dating a woman and you're going to introduce her as your partner. You're going to, how was that for you? Well, it's been a a little awkward and it's been a little awkward, but incredible. I mean, the gift of having the presence of a good man, which is Evelyn, uh, with you, just they outweigh what anybody else thinks, <laughs> or you know, it just the gifts out outweigh it all. Yeah, it was a funny moment. I think I like kind of fell apart on my kitchen floor. Like, oh my god, am I a cougar lesbian? Was my thing like because because Evelyn is seven years younger than me, and I always go for older men because I love the wisdom, I love the appreciation mm. that comes from a seasoned man. I mean, but Evelyn is an old, old sailor under all, under that. Like, do not be fooled. Yeah. So, but I mean, a quick Google search, I was able to say, okay, you have to be minimum 12 to 15 years to be considered a cougar. <laughs> so, okay, I'm out of that one. It was only six and a half, seven years. So then it was like, am I that? And it led me down a rabbit hole of a lot of information that, made a lot of sense and what I what I learned is, is that there's the the simple way of saying it is we don't have the words to describe the combinations that people are and so people the word gay or lesbian are these oversimplistic words that don't really at all talk to the complexity of of the variety of people that are that is out there and it it's confusing for people because some one gay person or one lesbian person can be very different looking and than another person. And I think that's part of what, you know, is so, you know, confusing and so fearful for people is like, what's going on? Like, it just feels like utter chaos. Like you think it's a woman, but it's a man. You think it's a man and it's a woman, but it's a man that looks like a woman, but and is it a woman or is it a man? And, you know, and of course yeah. the mind wants to under the mind wants to understand everything and categorize everything. And the the basic formula that that I learned in this is that there's three moving parts. And if you hear, if people don't understand anything else that I'm talking about today, but go away with this, this would be important. There's three moving parts, and the three moving parts is the gender of the body, which is usually pretty black or white. You're either born a male or a female. Yes, we know there's cases where that doesn't quite happen, but but it's the body identity, this internal identity, like what there's the book cover and then there's the pages in the book. So the book cover would be the body. The pages in the book is the gender identity internal, how the person thinks, how the person identifies, how the person feels and just is born. And then the third moving part is who you're attracted to, who from your internal identity are you attracted to. So those three, the body, the body on the outside, internal on the inside, and then who from the internal place are you attracted to. So understanding that there's, you can have all different combinations of those parts. And another important part to understand is the internal identity is a range it could be massively masculine or it could be massively feminine or it could be right in the middle. It could be 70, 30, 60, 40, <laughs> you know, think of it kind of like a gas gauge. Like there's a full range of how even as somebody who's considered straight, your, Tara, your internal identity, you, I mean, of course we all have both. We all have both. I mean, undeniably, and at our core identity, you know, we could be more feminine or more masculine than, than the person next to us. 
And so Evelyn is somebody that is technically a bi-gendered person, not bisexual. She's bi-gendered. She has two genders. She has her female gendered body and she has her internal gender as a man. And so so, I just want to ask real quick. So as you were talking about this and then you related it to me as well, part of what I notice is that internally, I internally and externally, I will become so much more feminine and end my feminine when my partner, my husband, is so in his masculine. If he is out of balance, yes. I am out of balance, and vice versa. Do you well, recognize that, just that be in on, yours? I mean, well, it, you, you might call that out of balance, but that would just be physics, and that would be you guys have polarity. Mm-hmm. Polarity means right. opposites. And being able to understand polarity is a huge gift because that's what makes long-term relationships stay hot. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just physics. Opposites attract. Like that's, right. what, that's what creates attraction. And so as we all have both, like you have a strong masculine, I, you know, to get along in the world, a lot of women like me, I'm a businesswoman. I was a single mom. I was a river guide. Like my masculine is really, you know, can really perform yet at the core. I am a feminine being. Yeah. You know, my core identity is is definitely on the feminine side. And that's important to know what your core identity is because then you can find and be attracted to your opposite. I mean, who wants to marry themselves or their best friend? I mean, mean, you can marry a business partner, you know, I mean, that's the unique, that's the unique thing that, that we all want in an intimate relationship is that arc of, of polarity. And this is an interesting thing to drop in is gender is often contextual. So you, we are all functioning as we are. And like for an, for an example, I had this boyfriend once who was pretty, you know, went to the gym and was pretty buff and was pretty like, you know, considered, you know, like a tall, big man. And there was a football team player that was passing through town on testosterone. And they were, he started lifting weights, weights next to my, this boyfriend of mine. And this guy was like six foot, six foot, like eight and on testosterone. And my boyfriend came home and was laughing that he felt like a chick next to that guy. Right. You know, (laughs) so we are what we are, but often it can be contextual. So this explains even within same sex marriages or same, same sex (laughs) partnerships, like this is an interesting thing to contemplate. Like nobody's having gay sex. (laughs) Right. Like gay sex doesn't really exist. Gay meaning same. You know, I mean, there's polarity within polarity. Once we can lose the fixation with the body, like body physiology is really important. And we have to take that into consideration because it definitely influences us. But in addition, it makes more sense when you add what the internal identity is, because the core identity is ultimately really is much more powerful than body identity. I mean, it's so powerful that it would make me a straight woman, like I love men so much and I'm oriented towards the masculine so much that I would be, that's why I'm with Evelyn. (laughs) The irony, right? Yes, she has a chick body. Yes, she has a gorgeous chick body, but she moves, she walks, she talks, she thinks like a man. And my attraction to that, you know, outweighs, the other thing. And so if people started noticing internal identity, I think a lot of straight, narrow-minded people could find, could start to understand the patterns of like, why are they together? What, you know, you know, like not understanding why a man would date another man. Well, chances are one of the men that identifies more as feminine light as a woman. And so that, that's the polarity. Mind blown. (laughs) I love this. Oh my God, this has opened up so much for me by listening to your explanation, which in fact 
is incredibly basic. As complex as it sounds, the explanation of our internal and external is so simplistic. It is. And it, it's, it is very simplistic. And one of the really attractive things about somebody who's gay or lesbian, again, I always kind of cringe in using those words, is that they're really balanced people. They're, they have, they're beautiful people. They're people, a lot of artists, a lot of exceptional people to be successful and, you know, create the art and their offering. It's because they've learned to balance their left and right side of their brain. And whether you're a cisgender person or like me, the more I can perceive information from the left side and and the right side, the more I can bring those gather information from both both this intellectual perspective and the emotional perspective, the wider, more developed human being I am, no matter what your core identity or, or your or your body identity is like it's just um, better <laughs> you're able well, to be in reality more accurately when you're gathering information from both sides of your body, and so Oftentimes, I mean, these people that are, there's, there's some attraction to these people because they're really whole. They're not, I would call, you know, the word gender simplistic. You know, they've, they've actually bloomed out both, you know, they're more balanced than the average cisgendered person. And that's why I know, you know, there's this really hilarious um, lesbian, you know, comedian that was, it was surfacing on Facebook and she was saying, men, I can't handle all your girlfriends. Like, let me give you some advice. (laughs) I don't know if you saw that, but it was hilarious. And it was like, okay, you make eye contact. You ask her how her day went. Like, like, you know, right. Because, because some, you know, as all of us, are moving to expand into both sides of our being, it's really valuable information. So for some of these men, like they just don't have that, the capacity to see from this other really valid point of view that exists in the universe. And so some people are willing to date these people, believe it or not, because they're more whole people. And they, so, I mean, they're very attractive. Like the wiser we become and the more developed we become as human beings, you know, I I mean, I think 15 years ago, I would not have appreciated the scope. I wouldn't have been able to perceive the scope at which Evelyn functions. Right. And so some people, that's another reason that people are falling into relationship with, you know, non-binary people is there's, there's a real attractiveness, attractiveness to truth and humor and, the fruits of perceiving the universe from both places. There is. And I love that you said from being a whole person, because when you are so authentically yourself, you can't help but be attractive to other people. On right. Right. Levels. That's yeah, attractive. So just, just in that, just in that one way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking years ago, well, it's probably been four or five years ago now. Um, at one point, I don't even remember what sparked it, but I thought, I wonder if I am attractive or attracted to a woman. Yeah, I don't, gosh, I'm really trying to think of what sparked that possibility even in my mind because I was completely attracted to my husband, but I wondered, I know what it was. My, my boys and I were having a conversation about love and about loving, you know, different people. And one of my boys, you know, brought to me that, don't you just, aren't you just supposed to love the person that's inside? And the outside doesn't matter. So can't we just, why don't we just love the people on the inside? And I think he was probably in the fifth grade at that point. And so mm-hmm. that conversation was awesome to just mm-hmm. recognize that he was willing to see inside of you and love you for all that you are. The external was just the bonus piece, you know. And so... Mm-hmm. I remember conversing with him off and on about this for several weeks. And so I said, you know, it's, it's, um, it's awesome. Whoever it is that you will choose to love knowing that you are already willing to see the internal person 
and the external person is just the bonus that comes along. And so I remember wanting to explore my own reality and my own internal. And so at that point, I wasn't naming it like you so eloquently named and, and explored and, and discussed today. I just knew that I felt the shiniest and the most bright when I could work and be in my masculine during the day, because at that point I had, I was running um, a business and I was a single mom because my husband was deployed. He was out of the country. And so I was very much in my masculine, but then in the evenings when I would let go, I would like, I just wanted to be in my feminine. I was at that point more balanced in my masculine. However, then my husband came home I was still working, but he was home and ready to, bring that piece of the masculine back into the relationship. And I remember just letting go into my feminine, Mm -hmm. celebrating that piece of me, of my feminine, because the other part of the masculine was back. And so I realized at that point I was, you know, exploring, well, I wonder if I would love a woman like I love my husband. And that was when I had realized that I needed that polarity so that I could fully be present in my masculine or in my feminine. I needed someone fully present in their masculine. And at that time, I couldn't right. even name what the external yeah, would look like. So I just good. Knew. And it's so good to get clear about what your native disposition is like at your core. And that's why people should just be free to explore and figure it out. You know, because mm. once you know what your core essence is, you know, it makes things so much more efficient to navigate. And and mm. for me, like, I'm not attracted to women. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that I'm not, like, because right. I'm already, I'm so feminine. I mean, sexually speaking, I mean, I'm attracted mm-hmm. to women as friends, but I'm not because I want, I want the opposites that attract thing. Like, I like that. And so I resonate with other women. I have a lot of women friends that I'm really close with, but we're resonating with each other. There's nothing erotic about it. There's theater, there's play, there's, but we're, it's like water on water. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I get with Evelyn, it's not that at all. Even though our bodies, hers, you know, we have the same body to the female form, but she animates her body in <laughs> not in a female way. And so <laughs> So we, we, have, we we have we have that so art. Yeah. Well, yeah. She she's she's a wonderful. She's a wonderful human being, and and you know she's chosen, and I guess you know not to get the surgeries. Usually, she's unusual in the way that most people that are that two gendered will oftentimes become transgendered. Transgendered mm-hmm. is somebody that gets the surgeries and gets on the hormones, mm-hmm. but. But for lots of different reasons, like for one, it's re- you, a woman can't get a man's body. Like it's re- and and when you get, it's really not the surgeries that are that are available. You know, 2018 still don't really do anything, and it's just hormones and hormones age a person considerably. And so mm-hmm. she's so into her health, and plus she was in that really bad car accident years ago where she had to have tons of surgeries, and so. You know, the last thing she wants is any more surgeries, and you know she's smart enough to understand that hormones will age you. So right. she just goes by she. She loves it when people mistake her for a man, which is easy to do. You'd never call her a lady. I mean, she's handsome, and and, <laughs> and you know, and most people she doesn't really correct. You know, she wants she's not going to make people feel uncomfortable. She's a human being. You know, people will call her a lady. I had a friend call her pretty once, and because she was somebody she cared about, my good friend, she goes, handsome. I am handsome. (laughs) You know, she just has a lot of humor, a lot of humor around it. But, but that's, that's, that's who, that's who she is. And she has a lot of unique, incredible gifts because of her born situation. She didn't have, the things that normal men, you know, she had to develop her heart. She had to develop her humor, her capacity to, to penetrate with her presence, so to speak, with her intellect. 
but she wasn't leaning on her penis to do everything. Right. I often wonder, like, had she been born different, she might just be this mediocre kind of shallow dude, actually. (laughs) But but because of her born situation and, you know, who knows what karma she came in with, you know, and I have some of my own theories, she's this exceptional, extraordinary man that has would have a lot to teach and you know with her friend she's usually the one that's like the big brother like giving advice you know knows kind of knows how to how to handle some masculine issues which you know you know which is kind of strange for some people getting to know her because you know it's all if you're fixated on her exterior you you will be you just you'll be confused the entire time you know and I think that's the main thing for people to understand it's like yes the body okay now, adding to that, like who, who, you know, feel, feel somebody in front of you, you know, to really, to really know who they are and then and, everything will make sense. <laughs> and I love, I just love all of your explanations because unfortunately, I think our default mechanism from so much training has been to become judgmental when we don't know. So if someone were to look at the two of you together and was not for same-sex relationships, they could be completely judgmental. But I feel like yeah. without, you know, without knowing the situation, and I don't even want to feel like I have to know the situation to be okay, but I feel like our conditioning has just led us to that place, unfortunately, led us to that place. Well, um, and it's lack of, it's a lack of education and information. Uh-huh. And we see the world as we see ourselves. So if you're born cisgendered in a, in a, in a community where everybody's that way, I mean, there are, those people are there. There's this really great talk, the 50 shades of gay. On, it's I love that. I yeah, it's incredible. It's really educational. So definitely watch that. Those we, these people are existing, but it's taboo. So you know they're hidden. But if so, they're not seen. So if you're somebody that is gender simple and that's all you've ever seen, you can't really wrap your mind around the you know the information of oh wow. So there's internal identity happening too it, it's it's lack of information and lack of exposure to to what's to what's available it is and I it, think that's that's, well. why, that's that's why people are doing that and and you know somebody's family there's always some cousin or some neighbor like it exists and now there's you know with conversations like this and that there's more information available to people because I think once people understand these moving parts it starts to make more sense it does and the more that we can have these conversations and the more educated we become we can become the more empathic we can become to those around us absolutely with without having to default to okay well what's your story or you know what what is what's going on with you we can shift that mind chatter or that, that set piece in the mind that wants to say, I need to know your story to, Oh, I would love to hear your story. There's such a shift in between those two mm-hmm. to yeah, and, welcome. And the, the details, I mean, we are different. Like we, yes, we're all the same beating heart. <laughs> we're all human, but there's, so many the creation in the universe is built on multiple multitudes of possibility like that's not going to go away there's so many differentiations and uniqueness and so it's like nobody even wants to notice the differences because they can be used towards discrimination but we have to be able to notice all the differences so that we can celebrate them and so when you started realizing with Evelyn okay this is going to happen. This is the real deal. And you started to explain it to your children and your family. How did that go for you? It was a little awkward. It was, it was a little awkward. You know, I think it was my dad that was the hardest to tell and he was fine with it. Um, I didn't, I had the sense that I didn't want him to think that I was betraying the masculine Mm -hmm. somehow. 
that was like the sense in me, like I love men so much. And I mean, my brother was incredible. My grandfather, like I have so much, so much adoration for the masculine that I didn't want him to me to think that I was, you know, betraying, but that was my issue. He, he's fine with it. He doesn't quite trying to understand that Evelyn Mm -hmm. is a dude. I mean, um, my children have been great. Um, my mom's had a little bit of a harder time. She can't really understand. She can't really perceive a lot of Evelyn's masculinity. You know, she, I think in a way, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know, <laughs> but they're <laughs> it, open. It's, still, it's, to, it's totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my daughter, especially, you know, she got it from day one. She, you know, she's like, yeah. I mean, these younger generations are so much, are, are, have so much more availability to information and facts. It's like to that age group, they're like, so, and right. Like, yeah, they, they're like, it does. Right. They're so much more ahead of, of, the older generations, but they you know, are all three like I said, are. yeah. And it's, you know, like I said, it's confusing for people to know like what's going on, but if you, people can understand body identity, core identity, <laughs> keep repeating this and who you're and who you're attracted to, it'll make much more sense. And then, you know, there are, there are a few more categories, which just relaxes people's minds about understanding what's going on. And, I mentioned them. There's the cisgendered person, which is me and you, girl on the inside, girl on the outside, or boy on the inside, boy on the outside. And then there's two gendered people where internal identity is opposite. And that would, you know, that that's where Evelyn falls. And then there's Mm -hmm. something called intergendered person. And that's actually a body that reflects both genders. So Mm -hmm. say there was a woman who had top surgery to take to remove her breasts. And so that would be an intergendered person or a man, you know, with a man that has a a breast, you know, implants put in. Mm -hmm. So those people are known as intergendered people. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. a person can be intergendered on their way to becoming transgendered. Transgendered mm-hmm. is when the body has made a complete transformation to essentially look like a cisgendered person so that their body on the outside matches their internal identity on the inside. And I think and that then, when people, oh, sorry, I was just going to interject. Yeah, I wanted, to add, I wanted to add one more. I wanted to add yeah. one more because I think this is the one that confuses people the most. It's fluid, gen, it's fluid gender, somebody who's gender fluid. And that is when people sometimes move from day to day, week to week, month to month, moving between both genders, no matter what their body is, the body will be what it is. But, you know, all of a sudden they'll go through a few years where they're, you know, dressing really masculine and behaving really masculine and then, you know, go through some other exploration and all of a sudden they're in dresses again and feeling really feminine. And those, that, that, that is the group of people that need so much like non-judgment and love thrown at them because they're exploring both sides of their God-given, you know, both parts they're exploring both their masculine and the feminine which i think would be good for every human being on this planet because if mm-hmm. in or because you can explore both sides like immerse yourself in your god-given feminine immerse yourself in your god-given masculine you will discover your core native disposition of what you feel what your identity is like are you 2080 are you right down the middle. Some people are, are you, wow. Like I'm really like 90% feminine, you know, it's Mm -hmm. so good to really know your native core essence. And then from that place, you can have masculine skills you can have your feminine skills, but it's so good to know what your core is because that's what's going to make you happy in relationship when you in, in partnership, an intimate partnership. But so that's, I just wanted to run through that list in my mind just now, because those, those people, that's kind of, as the mind categorizes people, 
like there's cisgendered, there's two gendered, um, there's intergendered and transgendered and there's fluid gendered. And people to bring in another word that are bisexual, that, that are dating both men and women, they're possibly fluid gender. When, so when they're in their masculine, they're dating females. And when they're in their feminine, they'll date males. And, and sometimes bisexual people are people that are kind of in the middle. You know, their mm-hmm. core identity is like 60-40 or, you know, really close. They have such strong both. That they they can go. They literally can go either way because they 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 have such a large amount of both genders with them. And so and wouldn't that's just worth? Yeah, I just wanted to like throw that educational piece out there for people that are so confused and throw their hands up on it. And you know what I mean? I, I've been to people like, oh my god. Like somebody, they, we, you know, they're overwhelmed. Like I thought I was a girl and then I called him a guy and this person wants to be called they. And like, I don't even know who people are anymore, you know? And like, I just like, they just can't, they just can't deal with, with the, um, the variety, you know, mm. we have to expand our minds for variety rather right. than, you know, these strict black and white ways. Like, there's there's so many layers right to our world there's so many dimensions to our world and being available to all the varieties and all the different ways that that you know the the the, the divine is living all of us right and i wouldn't it be fantastic if we could all just explore however that looks for us and i feel like I feel like we're getting there more and more with everything that's coming out, you know, in the media today and, and mm-hmm. continually things are issues are rising to the surface. We are having this conversation today to enlighten whoever gets to listen to this podcast. I mean, I've already learned so much and I'm just thinking, oh, the, just the knowledge, the information has opened my mind even more and like you said about your children, all three of my boys as well could care less what sex you are and what mm-hmm. gender you relate with. It's not even an issue with, with my children. Whereas for me, mm-hmm. I had to, I you know, almost had to coach my brain. Okay, this is a cool thing. Not even a cool thing. It's, it's, it's a natural thing. And I'm fully fine with it. I never had to actually get on board. I just had to like, oh, okay, I totally get it. I understand it. And to even hear more information about from you, um, thank you. Just thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing yeah. all of this information. I mean, did you have to or choose to go look for all of this information when you started to realize what was going to happen with you and Evelyn? Well, I'm I am a scientist, and I was curious, and I had, you know, I found, fell so madly in love with this person, and I. I wanted to understand it. Like um, I, I understood it in a body way and a heart way, but I have, I, I have a brain too. Like I, I, I was kind of the scientist in me, like really wanted to learn like what was what this phenomena, like what was happening. Mm-hmm. So that, that, so I definitely, you know, started research, you know, then like read, I mean, the internet's amazing and you can right. ask people, you know, too. Like I, I've had, I've been able to be around, you know, other, you know, so much more interesting people, non-binary gendered people since Evelyn too. Like that, that world has opened up to me. And so I've had, you know, dozens and dozens of conversations with people that don't, that are, aren't, you know, don't fit that. The funny thing is, is in the people that watch this, this Fifty Shades of Gay, nobody, like, nobody is normal. You know, I mean, right. yes, you know, the the majority is made up of minorities, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, I mean, but I I really I really wanted to I really wanted to understand what was happening and. It, it, it's it's just fascinating in all different all different directions because you know there was some friends that Evelyn had 
that they were a bunch of, you know, younger, like lesbian stereotypes. I just cringe every time I say that word. But like, they were pressuring her to like accept her femininity. Like something was wrong with her. She didn't accept her femininity. And yeah. so it's so interesting that this little group and to come to like they <laughs> like they didn't have the sensitivity or the awareness or the experience. They were doing the same thing that people had done to them. Mm-hmm. Like Evelyn actually wasn't, she was a man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she, she had to discover within that, like, I don't even, like, she's such a freak. She doesn't even fit the freak lesbian group. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I mean, you know, it's just like, there's so many twists and turns with it. And that's why the only answer is to feel and it's never what you think it's going to be. And, you know, so many things, like our mind out by itself makes up all these stories and fantasies and illusions about reality and what, how it is. And, like, it's wrong, like, you know, constantly. And that's why we've got to bring in these other parts of ourselves that get the full picture of what's happening in reality. Like, people just need to, like, you know, look beyond the physical and actually use their hearts and their emotional IQ to really perceive what's happening with people underneath, underneath it all. And then and you know, I love, worlds just open up. I love that you said we just need to feel because that is almost how it is how we should be living. We should be living from our hearts, not our minds. I mean, there's so much heart math going on and studies that have been coming out of talking about truly we live from our heart, not from our brain. And so by feeling that is where we should be living from. It's again, it's so awesome that you said that because I was um, having a, a quick conversation this morning with a girlfriend on something that she was doing. And she's like, God, should I feel bad because it feels so good to be doing this? And I, you know, I could, I couldn't help but say, God, no, you should feel exactly what you're feeling. Yeah, and, I mean, in go planet with wide, planet wide, it's a revolution that we're going through planetary and especially mm-hmm. culturally, culturally in the United States. It's like the brain gets so ahead of itself, it moves so fast and it becomes disconnected from the body, from our emotions, from our heart. And so collectively, the world won't change on the outside until lots of different individuals change on the inside. And I call it like, go to the board, you know, the council, the board on the inside is like, yes, this mind, what does it say? What does my emotions say? What does my heart say? And what is my body saying? And when we have all of those pieces together, we can, we can navigate and be, you know, very different in the world. But when the brain is off by itself, theorizing, that's when we know, like, that's where all the narcissism comes into play and just the you know it's like a psychotic way of being and that's the state of the world and so you me and every good person on it is in a revolution right now to bring back that individual harmony within ourselves before we can ever attempt at, at you know addressing the world collectively and that's in the same sense I agree and I think the more that we can again have these conversations the more we can connect and dissolve the barriers that we have between each other, the more that we understand how similar we are in our individuality, the more mm-hmm. that we can. It's a, par- become- it's a paradox. It's a it paradox. It is a paradox. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. there's all of this oneness and inside all of this oneness is to excruciating detail so many differentiations. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. And they're both true. They're both absolutely true. Danny, this has been wonderful. I am so grateful for your wisdom and your conversation and your time and your sharing, your openness and your willingness to be so vulnerable with us so that we can Mm -hmm. learn through you. Thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, me and Evelyn are giving events in Santa Barbara, monthly events in Santa Barbara oh, now for, for the people. And it's, it's basically inter, it's interrelational 
exercises based on exactly everything we're talking about. It's um, some really just fun exercises in real life time to get people out of their brains and using their bodies to express and sense information. So there's like, it's these somatic, really fun, get out of your head, functional relating events. We have 45 seconds. Give me the website. It's embodied, embodiedharmonics.com. It's not quite live yet, but you can get on Facebook and go to, you know, either her web, her Facebook page or my Evelyn Alfago or Danny Neifert. She's going by me. She's hilarious. So find us on on Facebook but they're called the events in Santa Barbara are called the embodiment lab we are out of time namaste Danny thank you you're welcome so much for listening And thanks to my producer, Margaret Spencer. You can learn more at taradavis.me. Catch this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Any information we talked about today will be in our show notes. While you're there, be sure to click on the subscribe button so you'll always have the latest episode ready to go. And remember to share this with your friends. The more we expand our thinking and our world, the more we can affect change. I'll see you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.